From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast, the schedule edition. The schedule has come out. We've had a chance to look at it. And Mark Brunel, um, your, let me just get your first thoughts, your first perception of, of what we've got here on this Jaguar schedule for 2020. Cole, one word, tough. That's a tough schedule um, for a bad team, a mediocre team, and even a pretty decent team. There are some tough games in there. You know, the way I look at it, Cole, is that the, the, the first quarter of the schedule is, is critical. Obviously, you want to get off to a good start. Uh, not bad in the four, first four games. We'll talk about it. But down the stretch, there are some difficult games. The Jaguars have their work cut out for them. If you like quarterbacks, I always like to look at the schedule, see which quarterbacks the Jaguars will have to take care of. Right out of the gate, they get to deal with their old nemesis in a new team, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, uh, he's, he's pretty long in the tooth, but uh, he's a competitor. He's tough. Uh, he's had a very, very good career. Obviously, the latter part of his career, but he can still move the ball. Good decisions. Uh, arm isn't what it used to be. Uh, a lot of that depends on who he has around him. But that first one, the first one's tough. The good thing is, is that it's at home, but you never count out Philip Rivers. Never. That is the only game that is certain to be a hot game for the Jaguars at home. I thought this was interesting. Uh, they play a Thursday night game against Miami in week three at home. But again, in the evening at 820 kickoff, won't be quite as, as hot. Right. It'll be earlier in the day. Uh, and then maybe October 18th against the Lions, that, that, it's a 1 o'clock kickoff. That could be hot as well, potentially, for a team coming down from the north. But, but heat impacting the players. And you have to think that Shad Khan asked to not have as many hot games early in the season because it's been a real obstacle for people attending as far as the Jaguars are concerned. It really has, especially at a time where I don't think the Jaguars can afford to upset the fans even, you know, uh, any more than they're already upset. Um, but that's critical. I will say, though, the, the hot games for a player, uh, when I was with the Jaguars, we always felt that those, those, those really hot games in, a, in September and October worked to our advantage. I can think of games where we'd have the Steelers come down or really anybody uh, because we trained in that. That was our training camp uh, uh, weather. And so we were more acclimated in those situations than any team coming to our place so while the fans might prefer not to have really hot games really for a player as, as miserable and as hot as it might be it really is an advantage for the home team the other thing I noticed here is all of the teams that drafted quarterbacks in the first round this year are on the Jaguars schedule you've got that's the good Dolphins and Tua right you've got Cincinnati and Joe Burrow uh, you've got the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Now, whether he plays or it's Tyrod Taylor remains to be seen. And then the Packers and Jordan Love, although you assume that Aaron Rodgers will be playing. But all four of those first-round quarterbacks taken uh, will be on the Jaguars' schedule. So if you like quarterbacks for the future, young quarterbacks want to put your eyes on them, the Jaguars will certainly have a chance to do that this year. It's really a good thing for the Jaguars because, listen, these, these young quarterbacks, Justin, Tua, uh, Joe, of course, they've got bright futures. They're special players, uh, very talented. However, that typically doesn't seem to take shape until 
you kind of get down the road. Year two, three, four, you start seeing that where these guys really are at and if they can be uh, really good players in the NFL. If you're going to get them, Cole, you want to get them in year one, and we do. Um, typically, first-round quarterbacks that play right away, they struggle. Um, now, the last, you know, every now and then you might get a quarterback that bursts onto the scene that really does well uh, immediately. But, you know, outside of Dan Marino and maybe a couple others, most guys struggle. Peyton Manning struggled. John Elway struggled. Some really good quarterbacks. Brett Favre was, you know, he was in Atlanta. He didn't, he didn't play a whole lot because he wasn't ready to play. So it takes a while for these young quarterbacks. Uh, and defensive coordinators, when they get a rookie quarterback, they, they're just licking their chops. Uh, it is attack mode. They're going to get after him. So I'm glad to see that we're, we potentially are facing these young quarterbacks throughout the season. Week seven bye. That's a little earlier bye week than the Jaguars have had lately. Usually that bye week's been impacted by the London trip. Um, we'll talk about the impact of, of no London trip as well. But a week seven bye week means, it, it, to your point about getting off to a good start, if you don't get off to a good start and it's week seven and you're sitting, I mean, that's a long way to go to be thinking about, geez, how is this season going to play out? It's critical. The first three games are critical. And as I look at the schedule, uh, of course, Cole, you know, as well as anybody that you, ju you just never can tell. And, and, uh, but if by chance we could be three and three after six games, uh, that's a win for us. Hope is still alive. Uh, you've got nine games left in the schedule. Everything's out in front of you. If, if you get into that, you know, two and four, uh, hopefully not one and five, it really is not good. So getting to the bye at least at 500 and hopefully better, um, that, that's pretty good. But you look at those games, realistically, uh, we could be three and three. All right. The other thing uh, that I note here is that it is front loaded from an AFC South perspective. Colts and Titans first two weeks, Texans in week five and then Houston again in week nine. So of the six division games, four of them will be played by week nine, only two of them at the end of the season, both in December, home game against Tennessee in week 14, and then week 17. You start the season with the Colts, you finish the season with the Colts on the road. Uh, if the Jaguars are going to want to make some hay in the AFC South, again, early part of the season is big. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um... I think for our football team right now, uh, getting them early might be tough. Those teams, in my opinion, are uh, they're, they're, they're well established. Uh, they're not going to take as long to get into the groove, meaning that they're going to play their better football um, or play some good football early in the season. I think the Jaguars will take some time. I would prefer to play our, our division games later, um, but it's tough. And I could be tell you the truth, Cole, uh, I think any of our division opponents uh, this year is, is going to be real difficult. So whether it's early or late, uh, it could be a struggle for us. But I think early uh, works to our disadvantage. This is a very young Jaguars team. A lot of rookies likely to be on the roster. It was a young team last year with a lot of rookies playing key roles. Those guys are going to be back this year. Uh, you've got a second-year quarterback coming in. You've got a lot of youth and inexperience. I'm not to your point about late or early where you you know there's no offseason OTAs likely to be happening. I think young teams are really going to struggle particularly early this year uh, because of the lack of offseason time on the field together. Cole, I completely agree with you, especially when you've got a, a young quarterback that's coming into his second season. 
no OTAs, no mini camp, uh, some experience last year, but not as, you know, you, you certainly would like to have more. A um, lot of pressure on him coming in to, to play, you know, at a better level than he did before uh, last year. Uh, so I think it's going to be tough. Gardner Minshew needed time this offseason. And, and listen, Zoom meetings aren't going to cut it. He needed to be on the field. So uh, that's my biggest concern. I think he has a decent supporting cast. Um, defensively, we've, we've made some changes. We've added some players. Uh, but the key is for the, for, the, uh, for the Jaguars this year, it's really all about Gardner Minshew. You know, the other thing that strikes me um, looking at this schedule in the past, with games in London, and this year there were going to be two, uh, we have seen back-to-back, you know, we have long stretches, three, four, five weeks, by week thrown in, where maybe you had road game, London game, by week, road game, where the Jaguars might have been gone the entire month of October or very, very nearly so. So I think it's interesting this year, that's not going to be the case. They do not have an instance after October 11th where you have back-to-back road games and you have uh, back-to-back home games in November with the Steelers and Browns. This is a pretty balanced schedule in terms of home and road. Not having those long stretches away uh, from playing games in your own stadium, that actually should be a benefit for the Jaguars this year. I think so, and I think that with the London games gone, that's a, that, that, that's, that's a win for the Jaguars. Actually, let me say that. That's a win for the Jaguars, uh, players, and coaches. Those Colas, you know, they're, they're essentially road games, uh, difficult to have in your schedule. And the fact that there were going to be two, um, that, that was going to be real difficult. Um, but there's some continuity. You're not, getting, you're not going to London. You're, you, you know, you've got, some, you've got some road games, of course. But uh, uh, there's eight home games on the schedule, and all those games – will actually be at home. So I think that's huge for the Jaguars. I know the players have to be thrilled about it. The coaches, I promise you, are thrilled about not having to go to London. I don't think Shad Khan is real thrilled about it for obvious reasons. Um, but I think everybody wins. Players, coaches, the fans, um, having two more games at home. Uh, but I don't think the, the organization as a whole is thrilled about it because obviously that generated a lot of revenue for the, for the organization. The other thing I will note here is that if you like traditional heritage teams in the NFL, this is a schedule for you. Miami Dolphins, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Chicago Bears. You have got some history in this league on the schedule for the Jaguars this year, which also means a lot of teams with, with long histories of fan bases as well. It's a great point. It's actually a, it, it's a fun schedule. Uh, because if you're a football fan, um, to your point, I mean, guess who? What, what teams you get? You get to watch. Um, you know, the Jaguars are playing the Packers and the Steelers, the Browns, and regardless of how good these teams might or might not be, um, there's a long history there that goes back a long time. And, and uh, so I, I think it'll be fun for the fans. It'll be challenging for the Jaguars because some of those teams, you know, specifically the, the Steelers and of course the Green Bay Packers. Those are going to be tough. Um, so, again, I, I keep getting back to it, but it's a difficult schedule. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. The Jaguars, for the third straight year, will face a quarterback who is coming off an MVP season. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and then this year it'll be the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Um, not exactly an easy test when you got to play the defending MVP of the league. 
Uh, and we saw Jackson have an unbelievable season last year. And there's no reason to think that he won't do it again. Um, there are uh, elite quarterbacks, and, and you can you could, you could rattle them off: Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, and then there's just some guys that are just special. Every now and then, you could shut down a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers off day for whatever reason. I don't know how you stop Lamar Jackson. Um, he's a, he's a dynamic player, amazing speed a much better passer than people give him credit for. The numbers last year reflected that. A great kid, um, and he's, he, he's, he's going to be tough. Yeah, I don't think you ever stop a Lamar Jackson. You just hope, hopefully, uh, you can contain, contain him a little bit and maybe get in a situation at the end of the game where he has to throw it a lot. But even then, he, he can hurt you. But uh, that'll, be a, that'll be a challenge for the Jaguars. Then, of course, the other question here uh, is about how the global pandemic is going to impact this season. Is it going to start on time? If so, will fans be able to come to games? If so, will there be limitations on the numbers or the way that fans come to games? Those are all the unknowns right now. Um, I would suspect that if you were to uh, put lie detectors on all the uh, NFL owners, they would rather have more home games later in the year than earlier in the year. Uh, not the case with the Jaguars, as we mentioned, it's pretty evenly spaced, but um, still a lot of question marks about how this season is going to start and play out. Early, early it will be interesting, but I think as the season progresses, more and more people start coming to the games. Um, hopefully by the end of the season, you know, the stadiums will be full, but there's so many unknowns right now, Cole. It's, it's hard to say how this is going to play out, but the fact that the schedule has come out, there's only one word to describe it. That, that gives us hope. We're hopeful. Um, the schedule's out, um, and hopefully that will, uh, that will generate some enthusiasm with our fans. But it, a very good thing that the schedule came out when it did. All right. I, I agree with you on that. One last thing here. Um, if the Jaguars were playing on Sunday, what do you think the crowd would look like? How many people would say, yes, we're going? How many people say, eh, we're going to watch it on TV, stay at home? Uh, obviously, we've got a ways to go, but kind of taking temperature of the things right now, what do you think? If it was this, if it was this Sunday, yeah. how many does a TIAA bank field hold? Uh, let's, let's call it 60, roughly. I would say if it happened this Sunday, uh, you, might get, you might get a quarter of that. I would say 15,000 at the most would be my opinion, Cole. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's more. It could be less, but it, nobody knows. Um, but uh, I, I would guess 15,000. What, what's your call on that, Carl? I actually think I actually would go over. Okay. Because I think there, it's, it's interesting. We've had a lot of topics over the last five or six years in this country that there has been a pretty clear demarcation one way or another on this. Um, we've seen it among Jaguars, the Jaguars fan base, the Coughlin-Ramsey Thing. We saw how that was split uh, basically on, the, on age early on. It developed a little differently after that. I think that, by and large, there are more people in Northeast Florida that are so hungry for sports and who feel like, well, this thing hasn't really hit our area all that hard. When you look at what's happened in New York and you know, right. the East and so forth. Uh, or even South Florida for some, uh, to some extent, that I think there'd be more than 15,000. I think you're talking about 25 or 30,000. I think it'd be about half full, close to half full um, 
I'm not sure that's the smart thing right now. <laughs> but uh, we're going to do the smart thing. We want to see some football, don't we'll we? See some football. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the other side of this is how how games will be covered, uh, and this is a little inside baseball. But um, you know, will there be open locker rooms for interviews? I, I can't imagine in the short term there's going to be uh, probably a lot more. Uh, you know, Zoom interviews and, and that sort of thing. So. I think, I think this is going to be a very interesting year to see how, how the NFL handles it. A lot of those decisions are likely to be impacted by what happens with the other leagues that start uh, play before the NFL is forced to do that as well. So we'll see how it all plays out. But uh, Well, the schedule is here, Mark. So next time out, we'll go win-loss, win-loss, and decide what's going to happen because, of course, we can decide what's going to happen. Of course. And we're always right, Cole. We're always Haven't been right. Haven't wrong yet. Haven't been nope. wrong yet. Nope. Mark, thanks a lot. Looking good. Uh, Mark Freshly Shaven. For the occasion, he was waiting for this. He was a scheduled beard. The scheduled yes, scheduled beard had to shave by when the schedule came out. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you can always uh, subscribe to Teal the Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, and you can find Teal the Podcast under the Sports tab on NewsForJacks.com. For Mark Brunell, I'm Cole Pepper. Thanks for listening to Teal the Podcast. We'll talk to you next. Time.